This episode is brought to you by Novello Mattresses, where comfort meets innovation, giving you the perfect night's sleep you've been dreaming of. Are you tired of tossing and turning all night, struggling to find a comfortable position? Look no further than Novilla Mattresses, the ultimate sleep solution designed with your comfort in mind. Experience the luxury of a good night's sleep with Novilla's advanced mattress technology. Their mattresses are crafted using the finest materials, providing the perfect balance of support and softness. Whether you prefer a plush feel or a firmer surface, Novilla has a mattress that caters to your unique sleep preference. But what sets Novilla apart from the rest? It's their commitment to innovation and quality. Each mattress is thoughtfully engineered to provide optimal spinal alignment, reducing pressure points, and ensuring you wake up feeling refreshed and rejuvenated every morning. Say goodbye to restless nights and hello to blissful sleep with Novilla's cutting-edge cooling technology. Their mattresses are designed to regulate temperature, keeping you cool and comfortable throughout the night. No more waking up in a sweat, just pure, uninterrupted sleep. Worried about allergens and dust mites? Don't be. Novilla mattresses are hypoallergenic and resistant to common allergens, ensuring a healthier sleep environment for you and your loved ones. And here's the best part. Novilla is committed to affordability. They believe that everyone deserves a great night's sleep without breaking the bank. That's why their mattresses are competitively priced, giving you the best value for your money. But don't just take our word for it. Join the thousands of satisfied customers who have already made the switch to Novilla. Even when your mom comes to my place, just know she's getting a great night's sleep, among other things. <laughs> Experience the difference for yourself and discover what it truly means to sleep like you've never slept before. Using promo code SHWEEZY or the link in our description, you can save 10% off any purchase you make through Novilla directly. Ready to transform your sleep experience? Visit their website today and choose the Novilla mattress that suits your needs. Your journey to a better night's sleep starts now with Novilla mattresses. And a reminder, when you use our links, you directly support this show. And what is going on, my fellow Shwook Lords? What is up? Welcome to yet another episode of Cancel Shweezy, a very stingy Christmas episode of Cancel Shweezy. You'll find out why in a little bit. Am I cutting out? No, I'm not cutting out. I thought I was cutting out. No, I'm not. Okay. That's staying in. But Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. And that is also... Thing. It's going to be a very stingy Christmas, folks. And so, uh, yeah, but it looks like we're recording and we're good to go. So what's going on, everyone? What have I been up to? Uh, first thing, I played played a gig last night. It was a, it was a good time at a winery. It's with this blues rock band that the, they're all like my parents' age. Well, the main members are, three of them are my parents' age, and then the other two are like just a couple years older than me. And so I was. I always say it's like it's like playing with in your parents' band. I'm like that's basically what it is, and it's fine, you know. It's like some bands, they're the Grateful Dead, and I'm John Mayer, but I'm playing bass in the band, so I don't think it counts as. But I don't think bands recruit fucking all star bass players. I think they just they need a new bass. They just hire any bass player. I think that's just all they do. Uh, Feel like a woman, a real woman. But you know, uh, so yeah, I played a show with them last night. It went really good. Uh, I think I think I'm, I finally know all their songs 
decently well at this point. And so that that's pretty fucking exciting. Uh, pretty cool. Uh, cool stuff. Slick stuff. Neat stuff. But anyways, though, like, where the, the winery I played at last night, uh, there's like a local dance. There's a dance group or whatever. Uh, and they always have a lot of members that show up. And it's really, you know, it's like awesome. I'm glad, you know, we play music you can dance to. They want to dance. You know, perfect combination, you know? Uh, but thing is, the other members in the band calling, well, they're, they're swing dancing. And so... They kept calling them the swingers, and I was like, "We got to stop calling them that. We can't be, can't be calling them fucking swingers, you know. Just can't be calling innocent people swingers. I like swing dancers is what I've been calling them. Uh, actually, I might be start, I might start calling them the swingers because uh, that is actually like a good, that's a good premise for like a comedy sketch or whatever. Like two people who are like professional dancers." They were like, let's go swing dancing. Okay. And like they just see some advertisement, you know, they just Google whatever uh, type of uh, like, you know, you just Google, like I'll Google like karaoke, the city you're in, you know. And I think I would just do swing, swing dancing or, or something like that, you know. And they just find up like a swingers meet, you know, like come hang out with all these swingers, and they're like, oh, cool, cool, swing dancing. Then they, the like two. I'm talking about like professional dancers, okay? Like one of the two people dancing on Dancing with the Stars, like that kind of professional dancer. And then they just show up, and it's just a bunch of people wanting to fuck someone else's wife. And it's weird because you never see a lot of a, uh, you never see a lot of the good looking people. I, I don't see a lot of good looking swingers though. You know, that is something to do. Uh, not, we're not talking about dancers, right? We're talking about real swingers right now and their little pineapples on their shirts and all their, all their fucking shit. You know, like if you're a swing, if you're an actual swinger in your marriage, I'm like, I don't care. You know, like that's not like something I necessarily need to care about. Uh, but I also don't want to hear about it. You know, I, unless someone asks, no one wants to hear about it. But that, that's the problem with social media is that some people are asking to hear about it. Uh, but I'm not, but how social media works is, uh, if one person wants to hear about it, we're all going to hear about it. This is America, you dumb son of a bitch, okay? And, uh, yeah, no, no, the show was good last night, um, not a lot of fun, I was like, it is pretty bad when, you know, you go, when you play a gig, because for me, you know, that's like, you know, when you play, as a musician, when you play shows, especially when you're single and, like, you're thinking, like, maybe I'll get laid, shit like that. Uh, the thing is, like, when you play your show, you go up and talk to women in the real world, okay? Uh, real women. Feel like a woman, a real woman. Uh, and you have to, you know, you talk to them and, and then, you know, whatever you have to do, you know, whatever your your life goals are or whatever, uh, that's where it goes from there. Uh, but last night, no, I just uh, I just didn't talk to anyone except for the band mates, you know, the the thing you're not supposed to do. Uh, but also there's a lot of, uh, there are a couple good looking ladies there, um, but there are a lot of uh, the older people in the band's fan base too, and those are just older married people. You know, who, who are like, if we're going to go out drinking, we're going to get, we're going to drink something nice. You know, it's a nice wine and stuff like that. You know, winery gigs are pretty cool. Um, what else have I been doing? Oh yeah. I've been, you know, more adventures and substitute teaching. Uh, so I substitute teach 
like a social studies class, I want to say, and I guess they're doing a geography type of question. So they're working on like longitude, latitude, latitude, I should say the words right, like hemispheres, like, you know, and then like where certain countries like, huh, what's the latitude and longitude of like Haiti or something like that and stuff like, you know, like just stuff like that, you know. Something I haven't done in, um, had to have been since high school. So it's had to have been at least undergrad high school. So since the 2000s, I haven't done this shit. So, uh, we started, so I started, uh, we started playing this game. And I think in this class, I think I have to teach four of these, there's four of these classes and then two other random ones. And then, uh, two, one's a team meeting hour, which I'm not part of the team, so I don't have to go, shit, and uh, one's like a planning period for, you know, teachers need to, you know, plan what they're going to teach, you know, and they just can't wing it, you know, like, they can't do what I do, I'm just like, I don't know, man, can you just figure it out or something? Uh, so, yeah, no, they're, so, the class, they were playing this study game for their, yeah, the test and stuff like that, and so, basically, there are a bunch of little mini games, but... I'll give the example of uh, capture the flag for a second. So the way this capture the flag worked is like everyone put their name in and stuff like that. And then basically what you have to do is run and capture the flag, but you have to get energy, you know, to capture the flag. It's kind of like grinding in any RPG, you know, and to grind, to get energy, you had to answer study questions. And then you answer the study questions. If you get it right, you get the energy and if you get enough energy, you can try and capture the flag and stuff like that. It, it, it was actually a lot of fun. I wish they had that shit when I was in school. Um, however, though, I do not think the teacher is supposed to be playing those games with the kids. I think the teacher is supposed to be facilitating it and not joining in on the game. So by the fourth class I was playing it, I was whooping ass. I was whooping ass at the beginning of the class, but... Uh, I was whooping ass. I have, I'm grown enough where my brain is developed and I have critical thinking skills. And well, guess what? I didn't even use a fucking atlas. That's how fucking good I am. They're like, all right, it's in the northern hemisphere and then to the west. I'm like, okay, so it can either, it's, it's going to be something in northern America, probably. Uh, southern America is under it and then like the latitude line, you know. And eventually you get them wrong and then you realize what the correct answer is and then remember it for next time, you know. Uh, yeah, they had capture the flag that was a lot of fun i whooped I, they were like the top score the top scoring student and then it was like the teacher <laughs> that was my nickname the teacher and then i know it was because it was also funny because then the kids would be like who's the teacher i'm like uh i'm the teacher okay i think you should kind of figure that out <laughs> by now oh it was middle school so they actually think i'm a teacher the high school kids they're just like, all right, today we're going to, like, going up to the guitar class. I'm like, all right, today we're going to do this. And, like, a couple of the seniors are like, no, we're not. I'm like, okay, we we have to, like, I don't know what to do. Like, what am I supposed to, you know, just like, well, I guess we're not doing anything. I don't know. Like, fuck. I, I'm sorry. Uh, but anyways, though, I wish, I wish y'all could experience. And also, it is, like, if you get all the kids concentrated on a game or something like that, and playing with them and stuff like video games, shit like that. That shit's a lot of fun. I I'm gonna start thinking about different ways. I'm gonna I'm gonna start looking into that uh, to whatever we did, and then uh, I might make my own my own little quizzes, and then play with the kids and shit like that. Like I, I don't know, especially when if it's like one of those 
Because substitute teaching, it's basically, I'm apparently a lot easier than the, the kids see me. They're like breath, like a breath of relief because like I'm not going to like, I'm only going to make them do what the teacher said. And then after that, I'm like, go on your Chromebooks. I don't give a fuck. And I'm trying to, I, I'm going to scare them into like thinking that like, yeah, they actually have someone, they have like a group of people over at the central office that just monitor what's going on in all the Chromebooks, you know? And so I don't want to see you on stuff you don't need to see. And I mean, like most of the shit is blocked, but like I've gotten to a point where it's free time. Just like if you, if you stay in your seat and like let me dissociate for a little bit, yeah, you can. You can fucking, I don't know, you look at whatever the fuck you want, dude. That's the school will allow. So, you know, that's been, that's been my week, just being around children, you know, like warping the minds. I think, I think like last week or something like that, they were talking about, or you're a furry, you're a furry. And then my dumbass was like, what's your fursona? And then a couple of the kids are like, what's a fursona? I'm like, God damn it. It's a really bad thing when you say something really obscure that you shouldn't be telling kids, and then you say it anyway. <laughs> you say it anyways, and then all of a sudden they're like, "What's that?" And you're like, "What's a blowjob?" I'm like, "Okay, can't I can't be can't be teaching kids what blowjobs are." Okay, that's that's inappropriate for school to be talking about blowjobs to to, to children. I swear to God, I've never talked about blowjobs with kids. It sounds like I have, you know. Some of the kids have, like, they're, like, communicating with each other, and, like, I'm, they're adding me to the conversation, and they, like, brought up sex. I'm like, I'm out. Do not talk to me about this <laughs> or shit like that. Anyways, though, things I shouldn't say. I think we're past good boy hours, uh, good boy time. Uh, list, check out uh, all my music under Shweezy. Uh, you can listen to my cover of Joy to the World. Uh, <coughs> My social media at the Shweezy. We do have a Patreon page. We do have Cash App. We do have PayPal. All are great ways to financially support us and to say thank you for being a friend to travel down this road back again. If your heart is true, you're a pal and a confidant. So that's really, those are all great ways to financially support us. But if you just want to support the show for free, if you're listening to the show, make sure you're checking out our YouTube page. Make sure you're subscribed over there, like our videos, leave us comments, you know. Especially if you're an audio listener and you're, like, wanting to, like, reply back to something I said. Because I say things all the time. You want to send me a little correction. Uh, if you can find the YouTube, that's going to be the best way to for me to see it. Uh, and, you know, comments and stuff like that. But leave a review. Give us a 5432 or 1-star rating if you are on the other, on the other side of the other side of life or whatever, you know. Uh, and, yeah, so... Um, Basically, uh, man proposes and God disposes. So, yeah, I guess we can move on to the news. Let's jump into previous week right now. The news from last week that we will be going over whenever you click on my dumb face and play this episode. That's what that's what it is. And uh, you bet I'm coming up in May. Uh, all right, it's time for our segment on what the hell, what's in the news about Mike Bickle this week. If you haven't noticed, Mike Bickle is the former head pastor or senior minister. I don't know what fucking dumbass names they gave him, uh, but he was he was caught. I don't know. He wasn't caught. If he was caught, he'd be in more trouble. Uh, he has been accused of sexual assault 
and sexual abuse. Many women, and in my mind, though I don't believe in churches or Christianity much anymore, I do have to say, though, I do think any everyone should be able to go to to their religious organization of choice, uh, not get sexually abused or regular abused or assaulted and everything like that, everything in between. So, uh, as our friend would say... Let's just jump into it. Woman says IHOP Kansas City founder Mike Bickle used prophecy to sexually abuse her from the Roy's report. Hey, Julie, if I, I want you on this podcast, uh, please contact me. I'd love to... I'd love to chat with you. Uh, In 1996, at age 19, Jane Doe decided to move to Kansas City to intern with her father's friend, Mike Bickle. The 42-year-old prophetic pastor's preaching about King David had touched her heart. I just remember feeling like he knew the same Jesus that I knew, Doe told the Roy's report in an exclusive interview. Soon after she arrived, she said Bickle told her he had a dream about her. After a Sunday service in front of Bickle's wife, Diane, Doe said Bickle prophesied that he was David and Doe was Esther. He gives me the biggest word of my life, she told TRR. Uh, That's the Roy's report. I should probably just say that. It was, you're not just an Esther, you're going to lead thousands. Thousands of Esters. A few weeks later, Bickle called Doe from Asia to say the Lord spoke to him and her. She said, This time, though, she had said he sounded drunk. He begins to tell me that the Lord has spoken to him and that Diane is going to die and that we're going to get married, she said. As he's talking to me, I'm thinking, is he drunk? And he didn't start talking about the alcohol that was in the fridge that he had been drinking. From 1996 to 1999, Doe said Bickle put her up in an apartment by herself, gave her a key to his office, engaged in sexual interactions with her, and told her about the dream again and again. He also began establishing the International House of Prayer, Kansas City. I hop KC, by the way. Uh, The line that Diane, his wife, is going to die and that we're going to get married, he at least said that to me a hundred times, Doe said. Several people who worked closely with Doe at the time told uh, the Roy's report that they noticed strange dynamics between Bickle and other young women, as well as Doe. They include Aaron Parks and Doe's brother, whose names were not revealed to protect Doe's identity. However, Alan Hood confirmed Doe's brother's identity with the Roy's report. Parks and Doe's brothers, hey, Bickle's spiritualized explanations, the power of his fame and presence, his generosity, and the fact they were all young in their 20s masked the red flag. He was 40-something and we were 20-something, said Parks, and so I guess it felt safe to let him dote on you and to let them him encourage you and to let him offer to buy you houses and things. Until this year, Doe had, hasn't spoken publicly about what happened with Bickle, heeding his alleged warning to her that if she did, no one would believe her, but beginning in March, she said she realized the gravity of her situation and began talking, first to family and then through the 50-page report to a watching world. Doe's brother told the Roy's report that after hearing his sister's revelation past encounters with Bickle, that seemed odd suddenly made sense. Doe's brother said that one time Bickle pointed out verses about King David sleeping with Bathsheba. He highlighted them in orange, laughed, and gave my Bible back to me. Doe's brother said, I just so believe, my sister, I'm grieved that it's true, but it's so true. What does this say about Mike Bickle uh, and who he is? Oh, you know, as someone who I've been telling you, I've been 
investigating this motherfucker. Um, not, not something, not something that, uh, he's not the coolest, he's not the, he's not the coolest guy. I'm, well, he technically is a cool guy, but not that kind of cool guy. Not one of the cool, you know, not, not like, I'm gonna take 12 Benadryl and jack off and it feels really good. I'm like, not, those are the guys I like, not, like, guys, I don't know. So, so to sum up this story, like, this isn't the only thing that came out this week. Let me just read headlines of, like, other shit I found this week. The, the Christian Post just, like, like, you know, the Christian Post posted something about, like, you know, talk about uh, the allegations, the ELT, whatever, leader, the leadership team there, what they're, what the hell they're doing. But, like, he's going to, like, Brazil. Like, he's still preaching, like, right? Did I see that right? I swear to God I saw him. He was still, like, preaching, and he was just fucking making up shit about, like, we're at war with demons and some shit. Like, oh, my God, dude. If I've actually read the Bible, you know, and uh, the Bible says a lot about false prophets. And, you know, if this guy was just, like, if his only prophecy was that he went to Egypt and he said uh, to build IHOP KC and you're going to, like— lead, you know, everything into the next coming of Christ, you know, like, and that was his only, the only prophecy he ever made was that. And he said, that's the only prophecy he ever had. I think a lot of people, I would definitely be like, Hmm, I don't know what you saw, but I believe at some point you experienced something that told you to do this. So like, I would believe that, but like, he's, he makes up so much fucking shit. Like, and, like, you know, people were like, what the fuck was Jane Dodo when she talking about her real name? I'm like, this dude, I'm, I'm telling you right now, uh, this dude has some people that will murder you. Mike Bickle has, he has his little agents and stuff like that. He, he's definitely, he definitely has cult leader vibes just because, I'm just saying what uh, our anonymous uh, the woman he was gonna marry, apparently. Did his wife even die? You know? Is he, is he even the Esther? Is, did, did his wife even die? That's a, that's a good question. You're, my wife's gonna, this was 1996 when, uh, when he fucking, well, wait, what year was it? Yeah, he was like fucking 1996. He's like, he, my wife's gonna die. I'm gonna, I'm gonna need you to be my next wife. I'm like, Buddy, it sounds like you just think this chick is hot and don't want to break up with your wife. It sounds like you just want to fuck her, dude. I'm like, which is okay. I mean, well, I mean, like, to want to fuck someone is okay. To do it, you know, is the wrong thing. Like, and, like, this chick is 19. Like, do you, I remember being 19, and I was still believing in this shit. So, you know, like, she probably, you know, she said it was, like, a father's friend, you know? So she grew up in Christianity, which, if you grew up, if your parents were Christian and you had to grow up that way, like, you know, that makes sense to me. But, like, I, I, it's so strange when people, like, choose that shit. You're like, you you chose to be tr- to not actually get healthy and, like, help your mental health and decide that. So, like, that. It's just wild, like, how far back this goes, you know? And especially, I just imagine 19, like, you hear, like, this guy, he's like, yeah, God sent him a prophecy that he was going to 
about like all this shit he's gonna do. Like he's gonna lead the forerunner of Christ or whatever the fuck they're calling it. Like you know, and, and like, and the thing is, like from what everyone has said about Mike Bickle that I've uh, gotten to right now, they all say it seems or like from what it looks like, he genuinely believes everything he says. You know, he practices. Well, like, the words he says, it feels like he genuinely believes this shit. And especially going into, like, a 19-year-old, you know, and the way, I think, that's what Mike Bickle, I think, his big, what he figured out is he figured out how to convince others that he is just very, truly, he truly believes what he's saying. Does he? I don't know. I don't know the guy. I don't. Do I want to know the guy? I don't know. I'd love to interview Mike Bickle. Prove to me you're not a piece of shit and come talk to me on a podcast, or just let me film an interview with you, or just you know we'll release it some other time. You know, just one of those. But just a lot of manipulation here, and I think yeah, definitely nar- definitely narcissist behavior. Just like I am so fucking holy and great, and and like. I'm going to need you to fuck me. It's that idea. It's that idea, you know, it's like, I just play music for all of you. Now, who's lining up to suck my dick? You know, I'm like, no, no one, you know, shit like this. So if people, people are thinking like, oh, we're accusing Mike Bickle or something, like, he, he has a history of this shit. There's so much history into it. Like, I've, I think this is like three or four weeks I've been talking about him on this podcast. I've not even cracked the surface of everything he's done and everything IHOP Kansas City has done and everything they're trying to cover up currently. Fucking, it's fucking insane, dude. And I don't, I just think we all, you know, I think if I, if I explain this to like people who don't know about, you know, the die, if I explained everything about Mike Bickle to like a diehard my even one of my diehard Christian friends. I just say, so this guy. He, if you've ever heard of the International House of Prayer in Kansas City, basically the founder of it is claiming. You know, he's always claimed like he is a prophet of God, and he, you know, he he says that he needs. To, I mean, the big one he did was like I need to build this twenty four hour worship in Kansas City, you know, and then. After that, you know, he's talking about the end times. And once you start talking about the end times, like, you know it's a cult. Like, the more a religion talks about the end of the world, like, that's straight-up cult behavior right here. And, like, charismatic leader and stuff like that. Like, this is this is just a lot of cult behavior. And that's the problem, I think, with it. Because there's normal Christians and shit like that. And then you, you just meet fucking assholes like Mike Bickle. And then you're like, oh, I believe this, and, like, he's extreme about what I am, and he's so passionate, and you just know he, you just are confident, like, he believes what he believes, and he's not, like, lying about it, and stuff like that, and overall, he doesn't have much of a history, I mean, like, I don't know if it's considered lying, they're more covering up more than lying on him, so it's just, he's a dangerous person, I mean, Removing him from IHOP Kansas City was a good thing, but, like, this dude, he's still around. He's still around there. So I really want to encourage, like, church people out there, hey, first of all, I want to say 
zero tolerance policy for abuse in church. Just just have a zero tolerance policy. I'm working with people and like, what would be a good strategy to, because I don't think you're ever going to be able to stop abuse in church. That's just, it's like, how do we stop? You can't stop abuse in schools. I mean, like you can get pretty, you can do, you can hold people accountable and, you know, and stuff like that. But what are we going to do about churches? Because, and also, you know, if you actually read what Jesus said, I know most of you Christians don't actually read what he says out there, but if you actually know what Jesus says in the Bible, it's in red, by the way, in most Bibles. Um, I know you haven't read that either, but Jesus was all about forgiveness and like, you know, like 70 times seven or whatever the fuck he said. And so it's like, yeah, as like a Christian, you should forgive him, you know, if you, if you still believe that. But at the same time, like, he needs to be held accountable for his actions. So I encourage anyone who's, you know, who's going to church and, you know, listen to the show, just say, we should have a zero tolerance policy for like abuse and especially sexual abuse in church. And we need to have a policy in place that, you know, at least we can give all the staff a warning about, you know, it's like, here's what we're going to do. If you decide to fuck around, you know, you're going to find out. And I think that's my opinion on churches, like how we do this whole accountability thing. I don't know yet. You know, this is a good conversation to have a lot. I'm having conversations with people all the time about uh, stuff like this. So yeah, I think that's all I'll say for this week on that. Also, Hey Julie, Julie Roy's please, please hit me up. I want to let's talk. Let's talk on a podcast or something. Um, can anybody tell me what can I do with these ladybugs? Uh, this next article is from GQ. Frank Ocean might be up to something. You bet I'm coming up in May. Or This is the type of guy you get. We haven't heard much from Frank Ocean since his alienating Coachella set earlier this year. This, of course, is to be expected since releasing his sophomore album Blonde in 2016. Ocean's public output has mostly centered on his luxury jewelry brand Homer and merch line Blonded in interspersed with an occasional live performance Lucy... Lucy single or material display of affection for his pal, Jeremy strong. He has subsisted for the most part as a cryptic proprietor of good taste. But recently there seems to be a change in the air. Something feels different because as we often are, won't as we often are, won't to do Frank has been posting since Ocean turned 36 in October. The elusive Chanteur has been especially active on Instagram, sharing missive, missives. What can you guys use fucking real words uh, from his life, such as gym selfies, a snapshot of a fellow singer and rumored collaborator Rosalia sitting on the beach and various Malibu vistas. This week, he released a new collection of soccer themed blonded apparel featuring a Brazil style Jersey and several cover colorways of Jaquard soccer shorts fitted with brooches of New York city iconography, including a silver apple in the statue of Liberty. Even more electric, though, were the two new clips he shared of himself in the studio, which inevitably created even more proof of life fodder for the Frank Ocean conspiracist canon. In the first video, which Frank filmed as it was playing on a laptop, the singer sits cross-legged on the floor of the grand room as he plays keyboard sounds for a babbling baby who listens along with Glee. The next clip also filmed 
from a laptop screen shows Ocean in a red and gold Margiela logo tee and crocheted hat flexing during his studio session. It's a fucking vibe, Ocean narrates over the video, watching himself dance along to what is indeed very vibey tune. I said it before and I'll say it again here. When it comes to Frank Ocean news, every morsel is a meal. These last six weeks or so, we've been getting more crumbs than usual. This could mean nothing unless it means everything, but who are we to deny a tasty nibble when it has the potential to contain magnitudes? I'm just, just going to put it out there. Hey, everyone, do not get your hopes up about our new Frank Ocean album. I was there in 2016. I was a grown-ass adult. Some of you were did not know who Frank Ocean was back then, and that's okay. You know, I, we all find music we like when we're supposed to find them, okay? However, though, there were so many false flags of when Blonde was being released. When it did come out, it was fucking, it was a fucking meal. It was a meal. And I, I would say even until 2020, I'm like, we don't need new Frank new Frank Ocean music yet. Like, we're still, I'm still satisfied with Blonde as an album. Still just fucking, one of my favorite albums of all time. I need to do an episode, or at least one of those like middle segments where I just go over all my favorite albums of all time and then see what I need to change or whatever. But yeah. Also, Frank Ocean probably doesn't exist too. So, you know, it's just a, I don't know what it is. But it, I think Frank Ocean doesn't exist. Like, you never see him anywhere. And he's like, he does one show every, like, five years. And, and at Coachella, he hurts his foot, so he can't do the other one. And you're like, okay, dude, you, bar- you barely do music. Like, I don't know. Like, and you think about, like, how the fuck? I think about fi- Frank Ocean's financials for a while, all, all the time. Like, he doesn't play show- And as a musician, you know, playing music in merch sales are what keeps you alive. And he, I guess, like, he has a couple side hustles. I guess we would call them side hustles and stuff like that. But I don't think Frank Ocean exists as a person. And so all I'm saying is everyone's looking here, like, oh, keep watching Frank Ocean. Like, keep, like, follow him on, he's on Instagram. He occasionally posts on Instagram. I just keep it up there. I remember the day he joined Instagram, a, a girl broke up with me. So I remember, I remember uh, it was had to be November, December 2018. So shut the fuck up. Anyways, though, just don't get your hopes up. It's Frank Ocean. Like, he's gonna disappoint you, but then when he doesn't disappoint you, he, he, he lives up to the hype. You know, that's how Frank Ocean works, you know. On to our last article of the evening, um, or day. I don't know what time people do. I always record these in the evening, just because, um, as, you know, as my friend would say, um... This is the type of guy you get. This is from says.com. Frog attends Coldplay concert and gets once-in-a-lifetime experience without ticket. Over 75,000 attendees made it to the most attended concert in the stadium's history, and among them was a surprisingly unlikely fan, a frog. Quietly hopping around the stadium, this little creature was spotted by someone who then carried it to get an even better view of the band's performance along the thousands in attendance. Coldplay fan Joey Sugar underscore J shared that she saw the frog hopping on the ground behind her during the first song, High Power. (coughs) 
hope you enjoyed the dad sneeze. I'm, I'm, I hit 30, so I have those sneezes now. She had decided to catch it and gently held it up so the frog could enjoy the song. Before letting it go, we shared a hashtag Coldplay moment, once in a lifetime thingy for me and him, she wrote in the caption. Shortly after the song, Joey ran out of the stadium to release the frog onto the grass. As a fan of frogs herself, she said that she wanted to keep the little guy but was hesitant about having it in her pocket for two hours. She considered asking the A-bangs outside to hold onto it for her, but eventually decided against it, said the guard helped by guiding her to a patch of grass where she could release the frog, allowing it to find a way home, and she then returned inside the stadium. Wholesome story, but I don't know. Are, what if... Everyone at that Coldplay concert was like a frog, like in a costume. And it was just like, you're like, because I'm thinking I'm like 75,000 attendees at a Coldplay concert. Like, did that, I thought like probably in the world, that's how many Coldplay fans there were. But apparently that's just like one night. That's like one night for Coldplay. I'm like. I don't know that many people like Coldplay, all right? You know, like, you don't think that many people like Coldplay. So it has to be frogs in real life. So new conspiracy for everyone out there is that uh, Coldplay doesn't have any real fans. Coldplay's fans are frogs. That's my new favorite conspiracy theory. And uh, This is America, you dumb son of a bitch, okay? So you have to believe me on that because it has to be true. I'm on the internet. FNX Fitness, the ultimate destination for fitness enthusiasts looking to reach their peak performance and achieve their health goals. Are you tired of the same old fitness routines that leave you feeling uninspired and unmotivated? Look no further than FNX Fitness, where they bring a fresh and innovative approach to your fitness journey. At FNX Fitness, they believe that true fitness goes beyond just physical strength. It's about nourishing your body and mind and soul to unlock your full potential. That's why they offer a wide range of high-quality supplements and products designed to support your active lifestyle. Fuel your workouts and enhance your recovery with the scientifically formulated supplements. From pre-workout energizers to post-workout recovery blends, FNX Fitness has you covered every step of the way. Their products are carefully crafted using premium ingredients, ensuring you get the nutrients you need to perform at your best. But don't take, but FNX Fitness is more than just supplements. It's a community of like-minded individuals who share your passion for fitness and well-being. Join their supportive community and gain access to expert advice, workout tips, and motivational content that will keep you inspired and on track towards your goals. They understand that fitness is a personal journey, which is why they offer a wide range of products to cater to your individual needs. Whether you're a seasoned athlete looking to take your performance to the next level or a beginner taking your first steps towards a healthier lifestyle, FNX Fitness has the tools and resources to support you every step of the way. But don't just take my word for it. Join the thousands of satisfied customers who have already experienced the FNX Fitness difference. Transform your fitness routine and unlock your potent full potential with FNX Fitness. And using our code in the description, you can save 15% off your order from their website. Ready to take your fitness to the next level? Uh, visit their website on your nearest or your, your nearest retailer today and discover the power of FNX Fitness. Elevate your performance, feel your passion, and become the best version of yourself with FNX Fitness. And a reminder, when you use our links, you directly support this show. Cash App. 
the easiest way to send, spend, and save money with just a few taps on your phone. Are you tired of dealing with the hassle of carrying cash or waiting in long lines at the bank? With Cash App, you can say goodbye to those inconveniences and hello to a seamless financial experience. Sending money to friends and family has never been easier. Whether you're splitting the bill at dinner, paying your share of rent, or simply sending a birthday gift, Cash App lets you transfer money instantly directly from your bank account. No need to worry about writing checks or handling physical cash anymore. Uh, but Cash App doesn't stop there. It's complete financial ecosystem right at your fingertips. Use the app to easily pay for your morning coffee, groceries, or even your monthly subscriptions. With just a simple scan or tap, you can make purchases at millions of locations, both online and offline. And here's the best part. Cash App helps you save money too. With its innovative Boost feature, you can unlock exclusive discounts and cashback rewards at popular retailers, restaurants, and even your favorite services. It's like having your own personal saving assistant always looking out for the best deals. Worried about security? Cash App has you covered. With top-notch encryption and advanced security features, your financial information is always protected. Plus, if you have ever had any questions or concerns, Cash App's dedicated customer support team is available 24-7 to assist you. So why wait? Join millions of satisfied users and experience the convenience, speed, and savings that Cash App brings to your financial life. Download the app today, form your app store, and start sending spending and saving money like never before. Luckily, the best part is if you sign up using the link in the description, you get a free $5 just for signing up. That's literally just free money. Uh, so join Cash App today. The future of money is here. And when you use our links, you directly support this show. So, I think it's the day we finally go over my favorite Christmas movie of all time. And it's not because I was busy this week and and uh, I had to watch this at school with during my substitute teaching. It's because we literally wanted to watch this movie. It's not that I... It was the only time I had this week to watch a movie. But anyways, though, Elf, by far one of my favorite Christmas movies. I'm a millennial, so I grew up on Will Ferrell movies, you know, Step Brothers, Talladega Nights, Land of the Lost. Why is that one on the list? Um, but yeah, no, uh, Will Ferrell is fucking hilarious. The plot of this movie is fucking hilarious. John Favreau can make movies that are fucking hilarious. He was in the first season of The Sopranos. He was in The Sopranos, and, like, before Iron Man, before The Mandalorian, you're like, oh, that John Favreau, he's, he's really something. That clown from Seinfeld, he was really something. But no, Elf is probably my favorite Christmas movie. Why? It's just the right kind of silly, the right kind of wholesome, the right kind of fun. And, uh, you know, if my dad didn't like it, it had to be a good movie. If my dad didn't like it, it means the squares of the world hate this movie. And it's not Jack fucking Jack. Fuck Jack Frost. That Fuck that movie. Fuck everything that movie is. Fuck. Fuck a dead dad coming back as a snowman. Fuck that shit. So, um, so yeah, I think that's everything uh, with that. So, uh, as we would say. Uh, Let's just jump into it. So I guess the movie starts off, it's Christmas Eve, or I guess it's Christmas Eve, and like a baby in an orphanage crawls into Santa's bag. You know, the, the bag with the presents and shit like that. I don't know. I'm just saying that baby should have died, like for real. Like, like you have to imagine, like, 
I don't think it's easy for a baby to get it, but if a baby got into Santa's, like, magical bag with every gift on the fucking planet, that baby has to, and then, like, it's shoveled up in the air, altitude sickness would probably take a baby out. I have to imagine. Like, have you ever been on a plane with a baby? That, that little fucker will cry just because their ears and the pressure of it all. Like, that's also a good question, too, I didn't think about. Like, how the fuck, how the fuck did they get all the way back to the fucking North Pole that, without him noticing a baby in there? Unless it's, like, the kind of orphanage where it's, like... I, I have heard, I heard a dark story where it's, like, uh, like babies in orphanages. Like, when if you adopt them or whatever, like... They're like crying is weird because they've had to adapt to like, oh, like, you know, when it's like normal two parents or whatever, like you cry, parents come in, figure out the problem, find the solution, you know, yada, yada, yada. But then like with like an orphanage, it's like a baby will cry and then like an adult may not probably help them and then they just learn not to. I've heard some weird shit about that, but uh yeah, I guess, uh, I guess Santa fucking traveled around the world with a fucking baby in his bag and he just didn't fucking notice it. Like, I don't know, that little fucker would have had to cry or die. Like, that little fucker would have had to. But, uh, I guess the baby survived, made it to Santa's workshop, and, uh, they named him Buddy because he was wearing the brand, the diaper brand he was wearing called Little Buddy Diapers. Now, I'm trying to remember diaper brands uh let's just i'm gonna have to google diaper brands um hello baby diaper brands there we go and loves pampers that's the the, like what was his fucking name was pampers like dude just like pampers the elf you know like they got lucky that they found like an actual name because like I call small children buddy. I've accidentally called high school kids buddy. <laughs> hey, buddy, how's it going? That's always like, you call someone buddy, it's always like they're a small, not a little person. Do not do that to a little person. But like a small child, maybe. It's like, hey, buddy, how's it going? You know, like, because, you know, you have to talk to kids. I try to talk to kids like I would talk to anyone else for the most part, but it's also like, like, hey, how are you doing? You doing good? You know, I, it's it's a I tried to weird mix like talk to them in a way that'll actually give them like, hey there, buddy, how's it going? You know, like don't talk to kids like that. Uh, it's gonna make them weird. I don't know. It feels like that's 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 the origins of like a psycho right there. Uh, but anyways, though, yeah, I guess Papa Elf, like the baby's already half his size, and he's like, I'll take care of him, and then you know. And I think, you know, then the comedy has to happen because there's just, like, Buddy as a little toddler or, like, you know when they're, like, not toddlers anymore, but they're, like, big, but they're not in school yet, you know? Like, big toddlers, and you just have him sit on his lap, and you're like, yeah, this, this is funny. It's, like, it's funny because he's a human, and the elves are small. And so, if any case, Buddy should be calling the elves Buddy. If you, if you know what I mean. Uh, Come on, Mark, don't be stingy. Uh, so, so yeah, eventually, like, Buddy, he's accepted into the elf community, and I guess everyone likes him, everyone likes Buddy, however, he is a shit toy maker, which, you know, 
I have to imagine, like, in the elf community, though, of, like, if they're reproducing and stuff, and, like, the kids are like, you have to get into toy making, like, I have to imagine, like, there, there has to be multiple career paths for elves, right? So, I know, they mentioned in the movie, like, some make cookies and trees, and they have to worry about fire and shit like that. Some fix shoes, and then others make toys. And I gotta imagine, like, has Buddy tried, I mean, he can't fit in the tree, so... But he could repair shoes pretty well, you know? So after they figure out he fucking sucks dick... No, I can't say... You guys gotta stop saying fucking sucks. Man, you really suck dick at this. Because sucking dick is a good thing. I mean... Uh, I don't like sucking dick, but I like women who like sucking dick. So, you know, it, it, we have to make sucking dick a good thing. Um, but he was terrible at making toys. And... Uh, eventually, fucking grown-ass Will Ferrell figures out... He's the human. This entire, like, 20-some years. I mean, like, I think Will Ferrell was probably in his 30s when they made this. I feel like he was at least, he had to have at least been in his 30s when he made this movie. But, I don't know. I mean, if I was 15, I questioned, like, you know, like, I questioned my family of origin. Because, like, I'm nothing like anyone in my family. I'm like, am I even related to anyone here? You know, like, and I was, like, actually related to them. Like, you're an elk. You're, like, twice two or three times the size of your pa- of your dad. And you're just like, I guess I'm an elf. And eventually he figures out that he's not an elf, which, I don't know, it probably past due time, <laughs> to be honest with you. Because, like, I don't, even if you adopt a kid, don't you kind of need to be like, hey, I consider myself your parent, but technically... Uh, technically, you did not, I did not poop you out. I did not poop you out. Or, I didn't have, I didn't, I didn't nut in a woman and she pooped you out, you know? So, but like, but we're like, but even though we didn't poop you out, we, we all, you're, you're our, you're our boy, you know? And then, like, you have to accept, like, as a parent, you know, if you have an adopted kid, you're like, they're gonna be curious who their biological parents. Like, they're just gonna be curious. You just gotta hope that they're not like, fuck you. Or whatever, in the process of that, you know, just just show them, and then if they, you know, you should. And it is weird, like that some parents, like some adoptive parents, are in contact with the bio parents. You know, I don't know. I feel like if you're a bio parent, you need to kind of just fucking move on, not try to be in that. Because if you want to be in the kid's life, you wouldn't have put them up for a fucking adoption. You know. Uh, anyways, though, I think so. Papa Elf tells finally tells Buddy, a grown ass man, he's adopted. Uh. His dad's Walter Hobbs, uh, which we do meet in the movie, and Susan Wells. Now, uh, Susan, okay, so according to my notes, Susan put him up for adoption prior to her death. So, I don't know, man. I would have, Walter worked for Greenway Press. It's in the Empire State Building. I don't, what is in the Empire State Building? I know you can, like, get tours, go to the roof and shit like that, but there's a lot of floors in that fucking thing. What, what are the, like, are they just, they're just offices, right? You know? Now, I'm not from New York City, so I don't, I don't fucking know this shit. So, I, I only know, like, the basics of someone who doesn't live in New York, you know, just the basic shits. Uh, he works for Greenway Press. I think it's like, I think they try to make a joke as like Penguin Publishing or something. No, Pendant Publishing. That's, that's Seinfeld. Sorry, friends. Wrong, wrong thing. But, like, his dad works in the Empire State Building. Not for the Empire State Building, 
I guess they he it's a publishing company and he makes kids books, but he's also like a grump who's like, who fucking cares if the story doesn't make sense? Fucking send this fucking shit out. It's like I don't care if they worry about that goddamn puppy. Get that shit out of my office right now. We need to make some goddamn money. Uh, so he's just like, oh yeah, he's on the naughty list too. So like, remember, like he's on the naughty list, uh, which has to be you know the worst crime. But see if I, in my song. Joy to the world, I would say if I was Santa, I would burn the naughty list with the coal because all kids are, I do think generally all kids are good and they just, you know, that's me. That's my teacher. I'm like, kids, I don't think kids are bad for the most part. I think there's some, there's always something going on. You have to like think about stuff like that because it's like, oh, this kid's acting like a little asshole. Like, why are they being an asshole? And you have to think. Maybe their parents fucking suck, you know? A lot, you know, you can't, and not everyone's getting good parents. I'm like, I had, I had okay parents. So, I mean, you know, not everyone's getting fucking top tier parents, you know? You get what you get, bud. You don't get to choose who you get pooped out of, you know? Uh, oh, he's on the naughty list due to, okay, I'm looking at my notes. He's on the naughty list due to his selfishness, but suggest Buddy, okay, so like the whole, now Buddy's like, gonna decide to go to New York to save him. My favorite scene in the movie, bye buddy, hope you find your dad. Thanks, Mr. Narwhal. Favorite, favorite fucking shit. I love that. I love saying that to my friends. I'm like, bye buddy, hope you find your dad. Don't say that to me though. Don't say that to me if I've had drinks, if I had alcohol in my system. I might cry. Um, Hope you find your dad. I'm like, I know where he is. I actually do know where he is right now. In the cemetery. Uh, so, Buddy just walks... To, he just fucking walks to New York. Now, I don't... I know this is a movie, but... But, like... North Pole... And also... Didn't you think, like, the North... When I was a kid, I thought the North Pole... Was kind of, like... An opposite version of Antarctica. Where it's, like... On the north side of the planet. That's where Santa lives... I don't know it's like Greenland or Canada or some shit like that. Santa's in Canada, you know? Actually, no, I like Canada. I have actually started to like Canada a lot. Uh, I used to not like Canada. Now I'm like, we, we, then you start looking at their uh, their law, their law, laws and government, and you look at ours, and you're like, huh. Except for, like, Canadian police will, like, stop you for jaywalking or some shit like that. Um he just fucking walks. I don't know. I didn't even know if... Well, I guess he breaks off a fucking polar ice cap or some shit. Like, a little thing. He just sits there. Like, look, look, look. Do not... You know those, like, videos, like, Scientist Explains X movie or whatever, like, and all the problems with it? I'm like, none of them are doing fucking Elf. That's where I come in, you know? Substitute teacher. Uh professional substitute teacher um i actually do kind of want to win i don't know if substitute teacher of the year exists in my school district but if it does we all know i'm top contender except for i, I guarantee the teachers are not happy i don't know so okay what's so he walks like buddy just you know he walks straight from the north pole to fucking empire state building as one does as one does, uh, and uh, he he is able to meet his dad. Uh, wait, no, wait. 
Oh yeah, no. Uh, so he like, yeah, he initially meets, he's able to actually go up and meet his dad and everyone thinks it's like some sort of Christmas gram or whatever, which I guess like, yeah, I think business like that exists. Like, Hey, this guy's going to dress up like an elf. Come to your work, <laughs> come to your work, uh, distract everyone from what they're doing. And he's going to sing to you. That's what they all thought he was. And I wish, uh, at least where I'm currently living, the old community had something like that because I would waste all my money harassing everyone with that shit because it would be hilarious <laughs> for the most part. Um, oh, yeah, and they eventually kick him out. And then they're like, go to Gimbal's, which they were initially wanting to get Macy's, and Macy's would make a lot of sense. But Macy's, I guess, said no, or they're like, we don't want... I have to imagine, like either free publicity or like, I don't know. I guess they couldn't. Macy's was like, we don't want to be in your fucking movie. You're like, okay, this is why no one fucking shops at Macy's. And if, if I swear to God, if they would have kept Macy's in this movie instead of gimbals, uh, people would actually fucking shop at Macy's. Like now everyone's like Macy's Thanksgiving day parade. I'm like, is Macy's doing that good that they're able to fund a whole ass parade in New York city? Like a good parade. And it's like a good parade too. Like, there's so much of the logistics in there for the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade that you're just like, you know, when it comes to, like, logistics and stuff like that, a lot of times you need money. And you have to be like, like, how the fuck is Macy's able to afford this shit? Anyways, though, they're at Gimbal's. They're not at Macy's. They're at Gimbal's, which is like Macy's, only they're probably still in business because they didn't pass up on being an elf. Um, and so, like, he, he just fucking goes to... Uh, gimbals and like the the fucking boss is just like I guess you work here. <laughs> could you imagine? Like that's my oh man I I just realized you could I don't think I saw that name. I used to have I I worked at Target for like three months and then for a while I still had a name tag. I don't think I have it anymore. Moving and shit like that will do that. And uh, I was thinking like if I just wear a red shirt and put on that name tag and khakis or whatever. I'm 100% like b- going to be able to do fucking I could I'll fucking walk into the back room. I remember my ID number had 69 in it. <laughs> so, I bet I bet I bet it's like one of those combos combo numbers that like you know how like you had a locker in middle school and every once in a while you just remember the combination. It's going to be one of those things. Um so yeah, he's Gimbal's. He meets Jovi, uh, who I will be referring to as Jessica Day or Jess Day from New Girl because it's Zoe Dejanel. This is like the first thing I've ever seen her in, and she was like, because I remember that, and then a couple years later it was the uh, Five Hundred Days of Summer. Then she did New Girl, and I remember it was like, oh, she's going from movies to TV, you know, and people were like, that isn't that a downgrade in your career? But it actually was a better thing for. Her her career i think she's married to one of the property brothers now so who's the real loser now guys um they hear santa's gonna be at the store and then fucking buddy loses his fucking shit he thinks the real ass ed asner's coming in there he's gonna be like come on mark don't be stingy tell me what you tell me what you want for christmas mark come on mark you know what they say that's my hole that's where it spits she imagine fucking sitting on santa's lap and he's just like man proposes and god disposes he's just, he's just fucking shit like that you just hear that anyways though if you guys don't know what that reference is there's a video of an old man jerking off on the internet and uh he kind of reminds me of ed asner and 
Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. That's where the sound drop. A lot of the sound drops are like funny videos I hear on the internet that I just uh, put in here because I quote them all, all the time, you know? Because I'm like, oh no! Anytime a, anything happens to a table ever, that's I say that, you know. Other ones I say, you know. I was towed. I say that and no one gets it. Or. How do I breathe? I don't say that. Or. When you drink alcohol? I say that one an awful lot. Um. So, yeah, I guess, I guess, uh, after Buddy spends the night redecorating gimbals because he's just so fucking excited for Santa, <coughs> the, the Santa, the Santa Claus shows up and, uh, it's a fake. The Santa's a fake. And now I just want to like, let everyone know Santa Claus is real. Okay. So there is real. There's so many people in on it. Like there, there's just so many people in on it. Like. It, it, someone would have had to say something by now if Santa wasn't real, you know? But, however, mall Santas are not real. They're just, they, you know, they're just for photo opportunities for parents. That's really what it is, you know? It's just fun um, and stuff like that. So, Buddy uh, figures figures out pretty quick that it's not a real Santa Claus. I know a lot of, I have a friend, he does, uh, I think he does Santa Claus He'll do Santa Claus photos, and he he is just like a guy who's has white hair and can grow a beard, pretty, a pretty good beard. So, like, if you're one of those guys, hit me up. If I can get my beard that good by the time I'm older, I think I could be. I would I would put on some weight to be Santa. I would I would I would personally sit down and put on the weight, and then I'd hope they'd ask me to do the Garth Brooks documentary. And then after Buddy reveals, he's sitting on a throne of lies. Okay. Uh, he gets, he, I guess he's fired from Gimbal's, you know, and as Kramer would say, it's like, I didn't even really work here. And that was probably the hardest part about firing Buddy from fucking Gimbal's, you know? Uh, uh, I guess he gets sent to jail too. And Walter bails him out. You know, doesn't want to do that. He takes him to a doctor. They do a DNA test. This was the two thousands. You couldn't just like fucking do it online. I don't know. How do you do it? Fucking, you could, there was no app. You just spit on your phone's touchscreen. And they're like, yep, you guys are related. No, I actually saw, uh, I, I don't want to say it out loud. My brother's not listening to this, but I don't want to say it out loud either. I bought something similar to a paternity test on the internet. And uh, you can actually buy a paternity test at uh, Walgreens. They're like 30 bucks. So, so <laughs> you didn't have to go to fucking... Dr. Leonardo, a.k.a. John Favreau. Uh, and they, they confirm that's his actual son. And so Walter's like, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. So I'm going to take him home to the, the wife I love who looks like my therapist. Yep, that that actress, she was the mom on Step Brothers too. I feel like it, she's in a lot of Will Ferrell movies. But, yeah, she reminds me of my therapist. And... Uh, Okay, so yeah, his stepmother Emily, and then he has a half brother Michael. Uh, and uh, Buddy's really just annoying the shit out of everyone, you know. Like you know, Emily, that's weird. Like she's way too old to be named Emily, you know. Emily, you know, like that's a chick my age who's a red flag. Those are Emilys. Um, and uh, she's just like, I want to, I'm going to put syrup on my spaghetti. Uh, I'm going to sleep for like, oh yeah, he sleeps for like fucking forty five minutes, like dude. He's just like, I got a full 45. I'm like, God damn. Uh, I don't even think I get that much REM sleep in my, in my fucking day. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I guess they're, like, trying to figure out what the fuck to do with him. So, 
I don't know, I guess he's sleeping in the living room or something. Needs his dad to tuck him in or whatever. He's a grown-ass man. You know, it's, it is weird, though. Like, the North Pole is like, oh, yeah, we're all grown-ass people, but, like, Dad, can you tuck me in? Like, and shit like that. Uh, I think Michael ends up, yeah, Michael ends up, like, warming up to Buddy because, like, some, like, bullies were trying to attack Michael and Buddy's like, let's do a snowball fight because uh, I do that professionally at the North Pole. Thank you. And he's just like, he's fucking doing fucking, he's like hitting them so hard, like 90 miles per hour snowballs. Like those kids are dead. I think those kids died. I'm going to be honest with you. Those kids died during that scene after Buddy. Do you see how fucking fat, like if you watch the movie, you can see how fast he fucking throws those snowballs. And you're like, those kids have to be dead, dude. Like those kids are dead. And that's why how Michael and Buddy, become friends after buddy kills his bullies uh in in his honor oh yeah and then oh yeah michael convinces him to ask out uh jessica day out on a date uh did i skip the shower scene yeah that was that was fucking she was like i really can't stay baby it's cold outside and you know we're all like hey buddy don't be walking into the women's bathroom while someone's taking a shower but also also I'm just kind of, I'm going to victim blame for a second. So just, you know, we're going to victim blame. So if you're, if you're a little sensitive, I don't know why the fuck you listen to this show. But, uh, if you're going to sing, don't sing duets in the shower. If you don't expect someone to sing, back, okay. You know, like I'm not, I'm not, you know, if I sing blink One Eight Two in the shower, I'm not like going to sing Mark or Tom's part. You know, I'm just going to sing both. Okay. So she should have been, I really can't stay, baby, it's cold. She, you should have sang both parts, okay? So we're victim blaming here, but eventually they, they go on a date and, uh, you know, and, and this is just proof that, fellas, if you want to get yourself a baddie, okay, you want to get yourself a baddie, be a goofball. That's, I mean, you just gotta, just gotta be silly, you gotta be a goofball, that's the only way, that's the only real good way to get chicks these days, it's just... Uh, being fucking funny. And that's why when I'm around, it smells like a fish market. You know, when I'm around your mom, when I'm around your... Man proposes and God disposes. Let's try that again. Yeah, when I'm around your mom, uh, she smells like a fish market. Man proposes and God disposes. That was close enough. Oh, yeah, so, so, oh, yeah, the fucking world's best cup of coffee. <laughs> He's like, like, try it, try it, try this. Tastes like a, the shittiest cup of coffee I've ever had in my life. No, it's actually the world's best cup of coffee ever made. And I just know, ex- I know exactly what that shit fucking tastes like. There's, like, I, I'm very picky on my coffee. You know, I'm, I'm, like, kind of a coffee connoisseur, if you want to say. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, I'm a subscriber to a brand. I want to sponsor this podcast, so I'm not going to say it. But they ship me beans all the time, and that's good. And, you know, and I always tell people, I'm not going to say, like, yeah, buying fresh beans is good, but, like, as long as you grind, you know, your beans at home before their use, uh, you're going to have a way better cup of coffee, you know? Just, like, it, the amount it improves is just substantial if you just grind at home instead of just buying pre-ground shit. And uh, I know this this place uses pre-ground shit. I just know. I know what I know exactly what this fucking coffee tastes like, dude. Like I just know. Uh, so Walter's company is failing because he he fucking is a shit boss. He is literally a shit boss. He's like, I don't know. I 
if I was making kid stories, I I'm I would be very particular in like it, you know, the plot. And Walter's like, fuck the plot. They're just looking at pictures. And so they have to like do something new by Christmas Eve. For some reason they have to do it on Christmas Eve. I've worked in offices. We they don't do shit on Christmas Eve. Like low-level employees have to work, but like upper level management, they're not working. They're not doing fucking shit, dude. Like, we need this by the need. No, you don't. We all know it's Christmas. No one's gonna do shit. We're like, we need people to work these in. Like, people are barely going to do shit. Like, people were like, I'm called customer service the day after Christmas, and uh, the service was terrible. I'm like, yeah, what do you expect? No one's working. You know, no one good is working. And so like that. It's just like they're fucking last resorts or whatever. Uh, so they called Miles Finch, uh, fucking Tyrion Lannister from Game of Thrones. Uh, no, I don't watch Game of Thrones. Eitri from uh, Infinity War. So, so, uh, I guess they get Eitri from Infinity War in to help them with the story, but obviously, if you know, what, what the fuck is his name? I can't remember his name. Uh, y'all, y'all know who I'm talking about, though. Tyrion Lannister, uh, and the name will come to me in a minute, but, uh, yeah, he has dwarfism, and so, but he's like, finally, someone from where I'm from, another elf, <laughs> And this guy's just like, and I have to imagine if you have dwarfism and some lunatic walks in, you'd be like, finally, my fellow brother, another elf. How are you doing, brother? We are brothers. Therefore, we need to stick together. And I would be like, the fuck we are. And uh, as expected, uh, he, buddy gets the shit beaten out of him <laughs> by fucking E-Tree, E-Tree the elf, the E-Tree the Dwarf. Oh, yeah, he's a dwarf in Marvel, too, but the dwarfs, they're like giant dwarfs, so I guess it's okay. Um, they need to bring him back in Marvel movies because that was a fucking, he's like, yeah, so this guy, <laughs> this guy, he can make just fucking uh, bitching weapons, and uh, he made one, and then we don't know what happened to him. So uh, that's how, that's really like Thor just like, he, Thor was like dying and they're like give him the axe and then they're like okay and then he survived and then he whooped ass and uh, Thor was the only good one in, you know he was the only one who fucking knew what he was doing in Infinity War um eventually though after fucking yeah, after Buddy leaves his fucking Etch-A-Sketch notes and also let's recognize Buddy the Elf's Etch-A-Sketch skills if you ever played on one of those things uh it is so fucking hard to get, like, the curves on letters right. I don't know why I was trying to, like, write shit on it, <laughs> but I was. And, uh, yeah, and Buddy leaves. Uh, I can't remember where he goes, but uh, he leaves Walter's apartment. Uh, but Eitri uh, the Elf, he left his uh, notebook there, uh, and they're like, let's just steal one of these ideas. And uh, I, f I, I, I feel like that's illegal, but okay. And so they scramble to create a book. Uh, Walter prepares a pitch. Michael arrives. He's like, oh, buddy, buddy, left dad. And dad's like, fuck, buddy. <laughs> you know, fuck my firstborn. You're my real son, Michael. But I also don't like you either. Um, eventually, Walter realizes mistakes. And he's like, he decides to quit to try to find buddy. Uh, and then uh, buddy, you know. Obviously, he's like, if you leave, and then Rob Reiner is like, if you leave that door now, you're never going to find a name in publishing. I'm going to, I'm going to let you all on a little spoiler alert. 
he's going to be fine by the end of this movie. Okay, don't don't worry about him. Uh, so eventually, Buddy sees Santa slay in Central Park, so he's like, I obviously got to help Santa, you know? He's like, he's my boy. And uh, this is probably my second favorite thing that Ed Asner has ever done. Uh, my first favorite thing he ever did was jack off on camera with a guy named Mark. Come on, Mark, don't be stingy. Uh <laughs> That's why it's a stingy Christmas, everyone. Uh, so, like, they're, like, in the Central Park horse guys are coming in. They're going to attack them, so they have to kind of figure out how to fix Santa's sleigh. And it, Santa's sleigh, first of all, runs on hopes and dreams instead of science and logic. Uh, for some reason, let's just use Christmas spirit for fuel for this thing. Like, I don't know if we should do that. The 2000s were not a good time for Christmas spirit. I don't even think right now it's a good time for Christmas spirit, probably. I'm pretty sure everyone fucking hates Christmas. I've met so many people who are like, fuck Christmas. I'm like, well, fuck you too, or whatever. Uh, so, yeah, the engine fell off, I guess. I guess engines can fall off on sleighs or whatever. Apparently that's a, apparently that's a fucking thing that can happen. But he finds a sleigh, and Walter apologizes, but... You know, everyone needs Christmas spirit to help Santa get back in there. So, was it Michael? He takes just fucking Santa's nice, you know, list or whatever. Goes to the news, the hot... Oh, yeah, shoot. They, yeah, they had, like, a hot news anchor, too, and, like, whatever. Uh, and then, you know, he's just, just like, reading this stuff, and he's like, what's your... He goes to the news, and we're like, what's your name? And she's just like, oh, with this name. He's like, you want your boyfriend to propose? And you're like, god damn, dude. You didn't have to read. You should have saw that. Like, he was a kid, so I'll give him that. But, like, me as an adult, if I saw that, I'm like, I'm not going to read this out loud. But do you want to look at it? Uh, I'm not going to read this out loud on public television. But if you would like to read it to prove I'm right, please do that. Unless she was kind of being a bitch. If she was being a bitch, I would have probably been like, yeah, and I'm looking at your list. You want your man to propose, right? And he's kind of, he's kind of, was dragging his feet doing that. Is that right? You know, like, I would have been a little bit, I would have been a little bit nicer, but whatever, you know? Uh, uh, but the Central Park Rangers decided to come after them, and, uh, you know, they're, they're, in Santa's like, they're, and Santa's like, Come on, Mark, they're probably upset that I put them on the naughty list. You know what they say. Man proposes and God disposes. So, like that. Like, yeah, so it is confirmed that police officers and New York Rangers, or whatever the fuck they're called, Central Park Rangers, like, I don't know, if you're using a horse to police, like, you're probably a dick in person. So you're, all, every police officer is on the naughty list. And you're like, my dad's a good cop. I'm like, your dad's a fucking bitch. That's what he is. Like, tell him to take off that goddamn uniform and fight me like a man. Uh, oh, yeah, and then Jess Day starts fucking singing her fucking she and him fucking Santa Claus coming to town. And once Walzer starts actually fucking singing, because he probably, well, he, there was like a, there was a picture of him with a guitar. I'm like, that, that motherfucker knows how to sing. If you play just a, if you play acoustic guitar, acoustic guitar, you know how to fucking sing. Don't, don't get me with that shit. Uh, and then I guess, Christmas is saved? Question mark. I got. I think it's saved. Uh, he Santa doesn't even need the engine anymore. We have Christmas spirit is back. Christmas spirit is back, ladies and gentlemen. So that's that's the how uh, how we wrap up this movie. Uh, Christmas was saved. Buddy, I guess, writes a book about his life and his dad, his bio dad, 
publishes it. He marries fucking Jessica Day from New Girl. Uh, and then uh, they go to the, they have a daughter too. And they visit Papa Elf, which his non-bio, his dad, but his non-bio dad. And uh, that's the end of the movie. So, yeah, another another movie in. What do we learn from this movie? Uh, we, we've we learned a lot of things. Uh, apparently, uh, the Empire State Building will rent out a floor to failing publishing companies. That's one thing. Um... Another another thing is uh, don't eat cotton balls. That's a good one. That that's a really good lesson. Just don't don't eat cotton balls or whatever. Uh, don't make fun of Etri the elf. It's another good one. Etch sketches are hard. Um, but what's actually the, the the actual lesson of this story? It's uh, Believe in Christmas, or I guess Ed Asner's going to find you and be like... That's my hole. That's where it spits. Drizzly, the ultimate convenience for all your alcohol needs, delivered right to your doorstep. Tired of making last-minute trips to the liquor store or dealing with crowded aisles and long checkout lines? With Drizzly, your favorite drinks are just a few taps away, making your alcohol shopping experience easier and more enjoyable than ever before. Drizzly brings the liquor store to you, offering an extensive selection of beer, wine, spirits, and more. Browse their vast catalog of top quality brands, local favorites, and specialty beverages, all conveniently organized on their user-friendly app or website. With Drizzly, there's no need to leave the comfort of your home. Simply choose your favorite drinks, place your order, and let their reliable delivery partners handle the rest. Whether you're hosting a party, relaxing after a long day, or simply stocking up for the weekend, Drizzly ensures that you drink your drinks are delivered promptly and securely but drizzly isn't just about convenience it's about choice discover new flavors explore unique craft brews or find the perfect bottle of wine to complement your meal with drizzly's vast selection you have the freedom to choose exactly what you want when you want it worried about the hassle of age verification drizzly has you covered their delivery partners are trained to ensure responsible alcohol delivery making sure that only those of legal drinking age receive their orders your safety and the safety of your community is their top priority Join the millions of satisfied customers who have already embraced the convenience and simplicity of Drizzly. Say goodbye to the hassle of traditional alcohol shopping and hello to the ease of having your favorite drinks delivered to your doorstep. That's not all. Using our link in the description gives you $5 off your first order, which can greatly enhance your night, if you know what I'm saying. Uh... Ready to elevate your drinking experience? Download the Drizzly app or visit our website today and experience the future of alcohol shopping. Cheers to a new way of enjoying your favorite drinks with Drizzly. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. Honey, your ultimate online shopping companion that saves you time and money effortlessly. Are you tired of endlessly searching for coupon codes or missing out on the best deals when shopping online? Say goodbye to those frustrations and hello to Honey, the free browser extension that revolutionizes your online shopping experience. Honey is your personal shopping assistant that automatically finds and applies the best coupon codes at checkout, helping you save money with just a few clicks. No more wasted time scouring the internet for discounts. Honey does the work for you, ensuring you never miss out on a great deal again. But Honey doesn't stop at coupon codes. 
it goes the extra mile to ensure you get the best price possible. With Honey's innovative price history feature, you can track the price changes of your favorite products over time. This means you'll always know if you're getting the best deal or if it's better to wait for a price drop. And the best part, Honey works seamlessly with over 30,000 online retailers, including popular brands across fashion, tech, home goods, and more. Whether you're shopping for a new wardrobe, upgrading your electronics, or sprucing up your living space, Honey has your back, ensuring you get the best value for your money. Worried about privacy and security? Rest assured, Honey is committed to protecting your personal information. They never sell or share your data, and their browser extension is designed with top-notch security measures to keep your online shopping experience safe and secure. Join the millions of satisfied users like me who have already saved millions of dollars with Honey. Download the Honey browser extension today and unlock a world of savings every time you shop online. Don't miss out on an incredible deal and the chance to save money effortlessly. Experience the power of Honey and take your online shopping to a whole new level. Honey, the sweetest way to shop online. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. Oh no! Our table! It is time for Oh No Our Table, the part of the podcast where I just give you life advice, get, answer your questions, and see the man, woman, or they, them you decide you want to be. So, uh... Let's just jump into it. <sighs> All right, this one's kind of rough, buddy. Uh, does getting a boner while kissing a guy for a video shoot mean I'm bi? That's rough, buddy. I'm a low-level model and got a job for a music video right before the shoot started. Me and the other, <laughs> other model were talking, and he asked me if I'd be comfortable practicing kissing to get familiar with each other's movements. So for like five minutes, we kiss, and I don't know if it awakened something in me or if I was just horny in general, but I was fully hard basically the entire time we kissed, both before the shoot and during the actual filming. I'm really confident in my attraction to women, so I know I'm not gay, but uh, am I possibly bi, or is it possible to be turned on while making out with the same sex, but still be straight, lol. I'd be fine with being bisexual. I'm just surprised that my body reacted this way. Whew. First of all. I'm not gay no more. I am delivered. This is a fucking question to start off the show with. God, this is a section with. God damn. All right. Okay, you're a model. And so the fa the fact that you're I don't know the fact that you're like hey man you got you want to practice kissing before before we do this or whatever oh that's that I don't know that just that's fucking funny right I don't know, I know you have to you need maybe you need her. do people actually I think actors do make out sometimes they're just like you want to practice just to figure each other out or whatever I don't know. I wouldn't do it for five minutes. I'd maybe do it for like a six. I could probably figure it out in 60 seconds what I need to do in that situation, to be honest with you. Uh, but here's the thing. According to Dr. Joe Court, being gay, there's much more to being gay than the than you getting a boner while making out with a dude for work. Even though you're like, I like women. And so, I don't know. That is the thing, though. Like, do you... You know, and I think men also have that, like, 
weird thing where like we don't we some men actually could like very much thrive they're like this is my partner my wife you know this is you know my family and shit like that but yeah i also fuck other bitches here are the other bitches i fuck and shit like that and it could you know and it could be like uh here are the other bitches i fuck they're dudes or whatever you know uh i don't think you're I don't necessarily think you're bi- – you're definitely not gay. I think you, you probably still like women. But, like, it, I'm I'm always on the mindset of, like, kissing is very sexual to me. So I don't, I don't even like kissing, like, babies or small children or whatever. You know, my, I'm going to have a kid. I'm like, Dad, why don't you kiss us? And I'm like, well, the reason why is because I'm not weird. I'm – well, I am weird. I am just weird in a different way. Uh, not in the weird, that weird way. Um, yeah, so the, it's sexuality is so much more than just like, I kissed a guy and I got a boner. So I do, there is something to like, if you have to use your tongue during kissing, I know this, this is all fucking sounding gross, but if you do have to use like your tongue kissing, like, I don't know, that can awaken. I don't know. There is something, I feel like your tongue directs straight to your dick. So that's why I do. That's why I'm worried about kissing, like really kissing. I've kissed boys before. I'm like, it's not that. I'm not. I'm not that ashamed. I've kissed a boy. I don't know. It's it, the whole point was to be funny. FYI, I was never because I wanted to. It was always like, be funny and kiss a boy. And so I, you know, kissing and also kissing boys is just if you say kissing boys, that's hilarious. You know, boys kissing each other, that's hilarious. Butt fucking, that's hilarious. Butt fucking is hilarious. I don't care what. Your gender, your sexuality is <coughs> butt fucking is fucking hilarious, dude. Uh, yeah, I don't say you're gay. I think I don't know. I think you just got aroused, and I don't know if I don't know. Like I, I don't know if I've ever been aroused by there. There's a possibility I could, and I just blocked it out. Be aroused by another man. I don't know. I feel like a man can arouse you, but you're also at the same time you're like you don't want to marry this guy. You don't want to have children with this guy you don't want to be a partner with this guy there there is a like to be gay or bisexual or even bisexual like first of all if you're let's go about being gay so if you're gay there there's something like you're attracted to men you also probably realize you're not attracted to women so you're like huh in it's normal to be attracted to women men should be attracted to women but i'm not so you have to like you know the young gay mind is at its work there, and God, that has to be, to be a young gay man has to be rough, especially if you have Christian parents, as uh, some people I know, uh, has to be rough. Um, I'm not going to say you're gay or bisexual, but I got to say, um, you possibly could be bi, I mean, like, you've never, I mean, like, there's so much, like, I think about like I think about women a lot. You're like there's like women I want to fuck, but then there's also like I'm attracted to women I kind of want to reproduce with, and like that's someone I want to be my wife and to have kids with. Like I don't know, there is some weird part about that, and sexuality is so fucking complicated that I don't think so. But uh, don't be worried. You're probably you're probably still into women. You just you just got a boner with a guy once. Maybe maybe sometimes I don't know. I always think sexuality. Is kind of like, you know, I am attracted to women for me, but maybe a guy will come along I'll be attracted to, and uh, maybe it'll, you know, 
Because I think we're all a little pansexual, you know, if we think about it, you know. Aren't we all a little pan? Like, there has to be one, like, for every straight man, there has to be one guy that's like, I'll fuck you. Like, every guy has to, every guy can go gay for another guy, you know. But, yeah, we're not helping your situation. Uh, my boyfriend is making himself morbidly obese to satisfy his sexual fetish. What? I've been dating my boyfriend for two months. Initially, he was a bodybuilder, and I found his fitness attractive. However, he recently revealed his sexual attraction to morbidly obese women. I expressed my discomfort for his desires, especially when he mentioned wanting me to gain weight. Despite my objections, he decided to make himself overweight and send me videos of his eating habits. I find this unattractive, and it's affecting my feelings towards him. How can I end the relationship without hurting him too much? Okay, I like how the story's like, here's what's wrong with this guy. How do I break up with him? Look, like, and you said, well, how old is he? 21? He, he was a, so he went from being a bodybuilder to being my body type. This guy's a red flag. You just need to fucking dump this dude. Just be like, and if it, and, and if you're worried about hurting him, he'll be fine. You want to know why he'll be fine? He'll be fine because there's plenty of fat fucking fish in the sea. And it, 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 it's, it's weird that he's like, I want you to be my girlfriend, but I also would like you to get overweight. Like, my brother, there are plenty of overweight women out there right now. I want to tell you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tell you this. This is not like a, you know, there, there's guys out there who will like date, will go to gyms and find like women they think are pretty but are like fat and then, you know, talk to them and shit like that. And then once they get, you know, more like an investment and, you know, that's a whole, that's a whole fucking, the whole fucking thing right there. But like, this is the opposite of that. I'm like, my brother, you can, you, there's plenty of fat fish in the sea is what I like to say. You're going to be you're, you're going to be fine finding someone. So you don't want to hurt him. You don't want to hurt his feelings. I don't think you need to hurt his feelings. First of all, he went from bodybuilder to overweight pretty fast. And if he's like, I got overweight for you, you can say, I didn't ask you to do that. Here comes a dad sneeze. <laughs> all right, dad sneeze over. Um, so, yeah, uh, it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like uh, this guy needs to get his fucking shit together. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I don't think this is the type of guy for you. How do I break it with him? Just hurt his feelings, dude. Just hurt his feelings. I'll be fine. He'll be, he'll be fine. He'll, he'll, I've had my feelings hurt by women plenty of times, and I turned out fine, so he'll be fine, too. Yeah. This is the type of guy you get. Um, how does punk, what does punk exactly mean? I've done a few Google searches on what punk actually means, but I'm still not entirely sure if it's fashion sense, music taste, mindset, or all of the above. My real point is that I agree with the leftist, anti-Nazi, LGBTQ+, friendly, fuck capitalism mindset, but I don't want to change my fashion or music taste. Can I still be punk? Hmm. So, my heart says you can still be punk, but... So, yeah, I think you have the right mindset of what it means to be punk. And I think 
I think realistically what it means to be punk is to not there's this idea of like what society is telling you to be and then not doing what society tells you to do. I really feel like fat lip is the real punk anthem. Like I don't want to waste my time, become a casualty of society, you know? And I, I just think like you, when you're a, and I think really being punk is like when you're a kid and you see these adults and they're just like, and, and there's so much of, Hey, they're like, trying to be mean to you and like you're trying to have fun and they try to ruin fun for you and and then you meet you know then you get into the points of like when i was a kid you know you had all these i I grew up you know during the the bush era you know before uh the fucking fat orange guy came along uh it was the bush administration and to really be punk during that time was very much being against war being very, very against war, and yeah, you're definitely more leftist, anti-Nazi, which back then we didn't, you didn't have to deal with Nazis as much. They all came out of the woodworks in like 2015, 2016, shit like that. Always been pro-LGBTQ, and then, you know, it's always been fuck capitalism. So it's it's really just like what society wants you to, trying to go against what society wants you to be in, Saying, and you know, and to quote the great, uh, that's a, I wanted to say system of a down, uh, to quote the great killing in the name of by it's killing in the name of by raging at the machine. There we go. Uh, fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. I think that's the real mindset or the real sense of like who can a punk be? It's always the guy, it's always the people who say, fuck you, I won't do what they tell you. And there's a lot of debate what it means to be punk in 2023. So you meet a lot of people who claim to be like very Republican, conservative, uh, especially, uh, was it not, you know, Trump tards, as I like to call them. Like those guys were like, I'm punk because Hollywood and all these people are being too woke. And so I'm going against it. And, uh, no, you're, you're not wrong. What are you? You are, you are like just on Basically those people are just uneducated because you're like, I'm a country boy. And I'm like, well, if you look at country music, let's look at outlaw country. Cause you say you love outlaw country and the law, which means you're wrong in so many different ways. So, you know, those people are wrong. So, what does it mean to what does it mean to be punk? Is it fashion sense? I don't think necessarily fashion comes in term with it. Music feels like it because the music was always an important part because how humans interact with music is there's a celebrity in a sense attached to the music. We look at the Ramones, you look at Fugazi, and you know Sex Pistols and stuff like that. You know. They've always had that, you know, like that's the music that started it all. And then it, you know, it moves from, you know, like in Green Day and then Blink-182 and then, you know, it goes from there and stuff like that. And even Blink-182, they've never been like, you know, I think my friend who worked at the the Last Angels and Airwaves show said they had some uh, some cues on their, uh, on their equipment. Uh, I mean, I'm just saying... 
But so like, you know, are they really punk, you know? So I really think punk is really a mindset. And I really think uh, Rage Against the Machine said it best when they say, fuck you, I won't do what they tell me. And, and I think that's really a protest. And, it, it, and really, being punk, like, being punk is, you're, it's very Democrat. It's very Democrat. So I, re, I, I would definitely say that you cannot be a Republican and... Republican. I feel like I said that weird. Republican, and you cannot be a a punk at the same time. Like you have to choose one or the other because it, there's just so much in the mind of it. So, so when you say like you're leftist, anti-Nazi, pro-LGBTQ, friendly, and then you hate capitalism, like that's that's what punk is. I really think saying that, and so I really think punk is goes way past music. And it's really more of a lifestyle, but I think the music is also a big part of it. I feel like it, it is hard to say. It's like, yeah, I identify as a punk, but I fucking hate that shit. I listen to Morgan Wallens. Like, then I don't consider you a punk. Like, you do have to, there has to be some appreciation and love for the music as well, even though I don't think the music determines whether you can be punk or not. Uh, I could go on for. Hours and hours and hours on end, but I should continue because... Oh, brother, this guy stinks! Uh, my girlfriend of 12 years has a crush on her co-worker. I dated Anna since middle school. We recently graduated from university and have been living together for three years. Anna became friends with a co-worker named William, and they started flirting. I found explicit messages between them, including a picture of his nude torso. Anna admitted to having a crush, but said it was just flirting. I felt hurt and left. Now I don't know if I should keep, should go back or stay with my parents. Am I overreacting? Help. All right, you're not overreacting. Uh, this, this bitch. Okay. Anna, thank you for giving me her name. Now she's a real person in my mind. Can't give you real goddamn advice. Uh... Is it, is it weird my first reaction is, like, just fucking kill William, you know? Isn't that weird? That's me. You know, it's just, like, fucking show that guy. You know, it, and I'm, like, and I'm also in the mindset, I'm, like, violence doesn't solve everything, but it sometimes solves some things. That's my weird life. It's, like, but it's also, yeah, there is something is, like, I don't agree with violence, but the world does. So, <laughs> like, you kind of have to live with it. And, uh... I will tell you right now, if I loved a girl and some fucking dude named Will. If his name is William, first first of all, if your name is William and you go by William, I I don't I am not scared about fighting. You know, I have not been in a real fight ever. Uh, I have been some guys have tried to fight fight me and I started laughing because. That's what I do in those situations when I'm nervous. Uh, but if his name is Williams, I'm just like, fuck, I'm just going to, oh, I'll just fight this guy. Dude, I'm like, he's going by, he goes by William. Like, he doesn't go by like Will or Bill or any, or literally anything else. He goes by William. Yeah, I, I'm fine. I think I can handle this dude. Uh, you know? Uh, so, yeah, uh, your your girlfriend admitted that she had a crush on a guy. And she's like, oh, we're just flirting with each other. Hey, bitch, you're in a relationship. You shouldn't be 
flirting with anyone. I don't care if you're like, he's not nice to me. Break up with him and then do then do that shit. Don't like try to have a backup plan before you break up. Like people in our relationships are so fucking dumb, dude. You're like, I don't want to break up, but I want to date other people. I'm like, yeah, that's what breaking up is. I mean, you don't you want to date other people. Don't try to fucking do that shit. Uh, anyways, though, you are not overreacting. You have normal human emotions to the situation you're going to. I would suggest showing will. I actually do kind of suggest. I don't, I don't say do violent things to William. I'm not going to say that. What I will say is maybe scare him a little bit. You know, you could probably scare him a little bit. He'll be fine. He'll be if you just scare him, he'll be fine. Scaring is not illegal. Scaring people is not illegal, okay? They make movies about it. If it was illegal, they would not make movies about it. All right. Ooh. How do I stop my brother under 13 from becoming a horrible person? My brother isn't diagnosed with anything and is, in quotations, normal. He regularly watches TikTok and plays Fortnite. We have a sushi restaurant nearby, and you can order takeaway. We were walking home after ordering sushi, and three young eight-ish girls were walking the opposite way. They saw us, and one of the girls said, very non-threatening to her friend, that she should buy sushi again. My brother shouted, what are you looking at, fucking homo? And then continued walking. When I tried to confront him, he said, shut up, and everyone does it. This behavior is fairly recent, and I hope it prevent it's preventable. Preventable. That's what it sounds like. I know my parents aren't the problem. It's hard to see my own brother being such an ass. What should I do? Is there a way to teach him? And also, sorry if I have bad English, non-native speaker. Okay, you're, you're okay. We'll, we'll give you a break. <laughs> break there on <laughs> preventable. On your little little thing there. All right. So your brother's 13. So the thing is with 13-year-olds is they're figuring out – because, like, I think by the time, like, you get to middle school, as I've been seeing, you know, kids have to, like, start deciding, like, what kind of person they want to be because they're about to become teenagers. And, you know, being a teenager is, like, a whole ass thing, you know, for whatever reason. And so he's trying to figure out who to be, and he's probably around people who say shit like that, on, or he sees people on TikTok, or uh, his group he plays Fortnite with says shit like that. And that's, I think that's something as, like, an older brother, and, you know, I think parents, if you're a good parent, you try to do a good job, and we're like, what the fuck did you just fucking say? Uh, and shit like that, because... When, because if I had a little brother, you know, I'm, I'm, let me think about my almost seven-year-old cousin here today. We're hanging out, and we're going somewhere, and he he's just like, what are you looking at, you fucking homo? I'd be like, Jesus. I mean, like, I would have, we would definitely be having a conversation and be like, uh, what did you just fucking say? All right, look, uh, first of all, when you see people, it's not polite to be like, what the fuck are you looking at? First of all, you don't say that. Second of all, don't be fucking calling people homos, especially girls. And especially girls, you probably have a crush on you too, dude. That's not how you fucking get chicks. If you talk like that, you know what kind of women you're going to get? Fat, white, trash, gross women. That's who you're going to get. So, yeah, I, I would, you know, if I had a little brother, I'm like, look, I'd probably be nicer about it. I probably wouldn't be this big of a dick about it. I'd be like, look, buddy. 
do you know what it means when you call someone a fucking homo? And you're just like, no. It means, you know, it means that you're calling someone, uh, I mean, one, you're calling someone gay, which, you know, people can be gay and it's a normal thing. I'd probably be a little bit gentler about that. And then I had a, I talked to a student who was like, do you, do you have any problems with gay people? I'm like, no. And he was like, why not? And they were just asking me questions on life advice. That's what happened. So it was, it was appropriate. I was like, well, when I was younger, gay people were society trying to make gay people seem as they were like heathens, degenerates, like bad people. And then you realize they're not. And you know what? They're fine. And you know what? At the end of the day, it's like, they want to fuck a dude. And you know what? Who, why do you fucking care? You know? So I just feel like, uh, you know, I think, kids get to an edgy stage in life, and so he may need to be talked down. I think you need to be a good brother and be like, hey, you know, losers talk like this. You know, like, losers talk like this. You shouldn't be calling people that, you know. Try to get them, you know, get them into punk rock music so they become liberal or something. I don't know. Hmm. Let's play sound drop. What, should I, what sound drop should I play? Thinking of quitting my job and going for it. I was just offered an amazing raise and more responsibilities. I feel like an asshole because no one in my family has ever been offered anything like this. But I have no time for music. I'm middle-aged. I don't love my job. I feel like this is it. Has anyone gone for it not being 20 with no responsibilities? I don't dream of being a rock star, but I would have to make money. I would be saying, what do you do for a living? I'm a musician. Uh, just look. Just looking for some inspiration, advice, I don't know. Uh... Please let me help you. Okay. Um, yeah. So thinking of quitting your job and going for it. It's a big deal. It looks like you're you're not in your 20s. You're probably, I want to guess you're probably in your 40s, maybe even late 30s. Like you already play music. So, I mean, here's the, th there's a lot of things you need to think about going in. And I would, I would suggest maybe keeping your current job and then getting into a band where you you're almost where you play almost every weekend or something similar to that to start off with um because i mean there's a lot this is such a loaded question because in my in my heart i want to say like think about quitting my job and going for music i'm like fuck yeah dude go for it but then if i'm going to give you real advice like from my real life experience i would say all right, um, let's walk into, like, you want to quit your job and go for it, do music full-time. Like, that's that's what you want to do. I would say you're going to have to take baby steps. You're going to have to walk into it. You cannot run into it. You would need to walk into it. You got an amazing job offer. Um, what I would tell them probably, if you assuming you can probably keep your old, your current job, just say, and you also have to realize they're probably going to hire someone else and you don't want to be jealous of them. So you have to realize that, like, hey, someone else is getting hired. I can't be jealous or whatever and be like, you know, they actually offered the job to me first. So you have to be that way and be like, hey, I'm just going to keep my old job because there's a lot of other things in my personal life. And I think that th what this would do is leave me no time and I want to make sure my commitment I don't want to commit to something that I don't want, you know, just say, you know, if you make up some bullshit thing saying like, hey, 
I don't know if I'm going to be able to do a good job with, you know, making the commitment to, you know, that new job. So I just kind of want to stay at my old job if that's okay. And, you know, your workplace will be like, uh, we would like to have you, but there, you know, there's other people out there. We can, we can hire someone. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I would say stay at your current job and then, and, you know, start working on music full time. So say you're in a band, you know, and stuff like that, you know, you may have to start taking days where you don't get paid, you know, days off where you don't get paid, but no, it's something like that. But I wouldn't say quit your job outright and then just go for it. I would say really start going for it and keep your job for the most part, just in, just in my opinion, because music, like you could do music full time and you will be on the poverty line, just FYI, just, you know, just trying to give you some good life experience. So. And on to our last question, what's the most believable conspiracy theory? I'm not much of a conspiracy theorist and get the psychology behind them. Just wondering what you guys think is the most likely to actually have some truth. Uh, I'm a big believer in Sasquatch, Bigfoot, and stuff like that. What I think, uh, there, there are like plenty of conspiracy theories behind it, but what I probably think it is, it's probably a monkey-like animal, probably lives in caves, nocturnal, underground, stuff like that. And and you're like, how have we not discovered this? I'm like, the Amazon rainforest has a lot. There's a lot of animals on Earth that we have not discovered. And I just think like a Sasquatch type of animal, it, like, I don't know, it has to exist. There's so many people who have had like weird experiences. And I know some people aren't real, like some of them aren't real or they saw something weird, but there, there's a lot of people out there who you're like, that guy's not completely fucking stupid. Uh, Les Strauss, I think I said, I think I said, I'm like, he did one of those like Bear Grylls type survival shows. And he was like, I heard monkey noises. I heard big footsteps walking. I didn't see it directly, but I heard that shit. And I'm like, that's the kind of guy that you're, I don't know, he seems like the kind of guy, because he was very much like, I have my, he was like, no film crew or anything, I'm just going to fucking do this on my own, and he just seems like the kind of guy, he's just, you would just believe, like, if he said shit like that, I don't know, and, like, if you, you know, I've driven past, like, huge-ass, like, forest ranges and shit like that, and you're like, oh, 100%, something could be hiding in here, like, you know, like, it's just, it's very easy to hide, like, and shit like that, you think, like, we have the whole... It's like it's weird to think like we have the world completely mapped out. Like we kind of do, but there's like weird little areas that, you know, no one knows about in this world. It, it, and it's so weird, so fascinating and shit like that. So I'm a big Sasquatch believer. Um I mean a lot of government conspiracy theories like, you know, those a lot of like when they don't seem super far out there, I think conspiracy theories are true. Like, are is the government run by lizard people? Probably not. I mean, it would make sense why the world is hotter nowadays <laughs> because of reptiles, but I don't know. It, that's just a little too far-fetched. But, like, when you're like, yeah, uh, you know, the government or maybe the Clintons or whatever, they killed Epstein because he had so much information that they didn't want that shit to get out. Like, that makes 100%. That, that makes total sense. You know, that just makes total sense. And the fact that there's a Wikipedia page about every person who's died 
that's related to the Clinton administration or the Clintons. I mean, it's, you know, like, it's funny, but you're like, yeah, they're doing some shit. Like, there's, you know, because, like, Hillary Clinton and, you know, Bill, to an extent, they don't seem like they have, they, they'd be willing to see someone die and not, like, feel super horrible about it. Like, if I saw someone die in front of me, which, I mean, you know, I I would not like that. I, I would, I'd probably not be able to, pro- I'd be, like, bringing it up in therapy every fucking week for the rest of my life. And stuff like that. So, I don't know. But anyways, though, those are my conspiracy theories. And that's how we're ending today's episode of Cancel Sweezy, better known as the Lord's Trademark Favorite Podcast. Thank you for listening to this. Utter my music under Sweezy. You can listen to Joy to the World. Get your, in yourself in the Christmas spirit. Uh, my social media at the Sweezy. We do have Patreon. We have PayPal. We have Cash App. All great ways to say thank you for being a friend. Make sure if you're listening, check out our YouTube page. Like all our ups. Uh, what was that? Like all our episodes, share everything. Uh, leave us a five, four, three, two, one star review. And we can end it now. Honk if you love butt drugs and uh, stay awesome. tuning in to Cancel Shweezy, the Lord's trademark favorite podcast, and joining me on this incredible journey. I hope you've enjoyed the valuable insights and engaging discussion I brought to your ears. To ensure you never miss an episode, hit that subscribe button now. By subscribing, you'll receive automatic updates 
whenever we release new content, keeping you in the loop with the latest episodes and topics. Subscribing not only guarantees that you'll never miss a beat, but also helps support our show. Your subscription plays a crucial role in helping us continue to bring you high-quality content and maintain our podcast growth. So whether you're listening on your favorite podcast platform or watching our YouTube channel, take a moment to click that subscribe button. Join our community of passionate listeners and be part of the journey. Personally, I appreciate your support, and together, we can make this podcast even better. So don't wait any longer. Hit that subscribe button now and stay connected with us. Thank you for being part of our podcast family.